Welcome to episode six of Footy Chat. I got always just with me. I got Art Masaman, Jason K, Anthony, and returning after his uh, weekend of debauchery is Gasset. Question for you: What's that? Did you get late on your birthday? I actually didn't. You didn't? No. Oh fuck! I like, had this whole thing to, like play celebrate times. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to disappoint and ruin your bet. Sponsoring the show today, we have Sailor Jerry Rum. Pilsner, Lovenbrau, Carlsberg, and Sputten. Not really sp- sponsoring, but... If I can have the, uh, the floor for a brief moment yeah. right now. First and foremost, guys, I'd like to apologize to all the Torontonians out there. One may ask, what am I apologizing for? Beats the fuck out of me. Just an average Joe who indulges on taking a few pulls of a crack pipe every now and then. Everything in moderation, right? Hey, when nature calls... Feel free to urinate in public. <laughs> Moreover, I have dirt on every single one of my panel colleagues. But I'll tell you one thing. I ain't no rat. <laughs> Some may say a modern day JFK of sorts. Now back to the headless footballer. <laughs> oh, fuck. The good thing is that most people should kind of understand this point because it is world news. But <laughs> moving into Brazil... Uh, Jao Rodrigo Silva Santos, 35-year-old former footballer. His wife found him a couple days ago on the front doorstep. Well, she found his head in a duffel bag. Are, are you guys excited for the World Cup this summer in Brazil? Oh, are you sure you got all of his names in there? Uh, well, or can we just call him Fred? <laughs> <laughs> Can't wait for the World Cup. <laughs> He's like, hey man, World Cup ain't big enough. Ain't terrible enough. We need 40 teams in World Cup. And for some reason, he's emphasizing adding more African and Asian teams on top of it. It's like two more European teams to the World Cup. Going from 32 to now 40 teams. Because that breaks down well. Oh, yeah. That makes qualification it's, so much easier. He does not have one good idea. Now he's, he's ruined the... The Euro Cup by bringing in 24 teams over the 16 because that breaks down really well. Yep. And like he, he hasn't had a, a good idea in terms of football competitions. It's just diluting the product that's already probably shouldn't even have 32 teams. Like how many teams are at a World Cup that you're thinking, what are they doing there? Yeah. They are just, you know, they can't compete with, you know, the powers of, but, you know, it's not even entertaining. You have to understand though, like these. These big um, organizations like FIFA, UEFA, or whatever, they're just about making the rich richer and the poor poorer, right? I mean, mm-hmm. the, the more teams there are, the easier the competition is because, you know, the less competition there is overall in the group stages. Yeah. So it's, it's really same old, same old. Like, we see it all the time. We've seen it in the Champions League. We've seen it in everything, right? So, I mean, nothing new here, not surprising. Just, I mean, another shame on football, right? It's just a business at the end of the day. And these big corporations are benefiting more and more. And the bigger teams are benefiting more and more, so... I, I can agree with you guys more. I think he's eating too many Lizlettans, and it's kind of clouding his judgment. But, I mean, it's not fun watching teams or tournaments where the disparity of caliber is so grave. I mean, if you're going to do something like this, why not maybe adopt the Europa League model or a Special olympics model or something where you have... <laughs> you know, but you know what? Um, you know, I know that's kind of passive subjugation, but... We have a tournament for invalids? <laughs> I mean, there's a fine line there where, you know, how do you expect lower-tier teams to improve and grow if they are not playing better teams? Right. A tournament of that, uh, like of that magnitude, I think, loses some sort of integrity when they do have teams that just steamroll over other teams. But then it's going to come to a stupid situation where, you know, teams are going to get buys now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, because there's, there's not that e- even break. From, you know, 32, 16, 8, 4, 2. Like 40, 20, 10. And then now you have buys? And if anything, those teams are gonna, that would get the buys, they're the ones that people are buying the tickets and watching, watching on TV for, yeah. which would be the reason that you would want to extend the tournament because, oh, it's more TV money. But, yeah, if you start giving the team buys, like, who wants to watch those games? Who wants to watch fucking Korea and, and New Zealand play? Right. Or, you know, is it going to go from 40 to 32 teams and then 16 and break that way? I just, I don't know. I, I don't like what's being proposed here. Yeah. I think it's all about kind of striking that balance between competition and skill level, which, I mean, again, you, you, you see there's dense areas where the skill level is great, greater than other areas where it's very sparse. 
for instance, in Europe. Well, a bit more controversy. PSG apparently has a short list of Arjen Robin, Marco Royce, Julian Draxler, and Juan Mata. Two questions. This. One, can PSG actually attract those players and bring them in? And two, how much will the 75% tax increase affect PSG's stature in the game after the season? Maybe they can bring Mata because he's not playing, right? But yeah. the other ones, anyone else? Maybe Draxler. Robin? Royce? What? I could, yeah. see, I, could, <laughs> I could see Robin going for, yeah. a, for a paycheck. Yeah. He's a bit right? yeah. After, yeah. after yeah. Etu went to Russia, I, I, he was the first player to come out to say, I could see a future in Russia. Yeah, because you're <laughs> fucking making 30 million pounds like five, at 5% tax. Yeah. To attract or to keep their talent now at a 75% tax rate. They have to pay a player like a billion dollars a season. <laughs> Which they probably could afford. But Liz Latton... The only reason he's there is obviously for that ridiculous wage. And half the other players. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think the French League's that attractive for to attract the big signings. Yeah, it doesn't really have like that level of competition day in, day out where their sole marketing and advertising lies on Les Latin's goals. Yeah. You know, I mean it's 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 bringing a lot of traffic and a lot of acknowledgement to that league. After the little incident two weeks ago in the Champions League, Jessica Mosca's uh, present Called Toure's bluff. And he said that the racial taunting of fans didn't exist, didn't happen. Um, obviously, UEFA couldn't exactly find any hard evidence on it either. They have partially banned Moscow for the next game. They have a, a one-stand closure for the next game. But there wasn't any real hard evidence. And who is this president of the CSK Moscow? Like, kind of the same PR advisor as Rob Ford? <laughs> I mean... <laughs> But, you know, I think in that stadium, they are the 12th player on the field. So I think this actually has an adverse effect. How do you charge a team based on no hard evidence? I mean, nobody really knows the procedure, right, or protocol. But if nothing happened, like, how do you charge them? And then if there actually was racism, like, is closing one stand really sufficient enough? Like, I mean, we've we've been through this so many times. Like, that's really not a harsh punishment, in my opinion. That's not going to do No, no, it's not going to do There's racist people all over the stadium, you know, not in one stand, you know. (laughs) (laughs) It's funny how you brought that up, because actually just recently, InsideFootball.com just released an article on Luis Suarez saying that he was punished with Without any proof um, mm-hmm. regarding the racial uh, abuse against Patrick Evra. Yeah, if you read the FA's report on that, it's it's all hearsay and, and opinion. That's right. You think there'd be a due process for? Uh, for I think allegations uh, of such. We'd also it think could that be wouldn't UEFA. Have, like, the, you wouldn't have like the one of the directors <laughs> of the club where the allegations coming from on the panel that is is making yeah. the decision on the punishment, but. Yeah. I digress. That's a couple years ago. So. <laughs> uh, I, I think UEFA could be that you know them trying to save face. They have players coming out saying they you know they received racial cha- uh, taunts, so they have to somewhat do something about it. Is it doing something about it? I don't know. Because, and look, I mean, look at where this is going on. This is going on in homophobia land, Russia. Okay, <laughs> yeah. like come on. I mean, I understand where he's saying. Yeah, where is the proof? Does it surprise me that this, that, that this has come out from where it has? I mean, a couple weeks after that, were, were there people waving flags, Nazi flags? Well, yeah, we can we can mix the two <laughs> yeah, topics. Uh, like, yeah. after he comes out defending his team, the club from the other side of the city, they have 78 people arrested in a riot, and there's pictures, Nazi fucking flags being waved during the riots. It's like, but you're trying to say there's no racism. Yeah. Right. There's no racism in, in Russia. Does our mayor not smoke crack? <laughs> like, come on. Yeah. Uh, the, the name, for, the nickname for a city, the big smoke, is quite ironic. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, after World War II, what happened? Did Russia just kidnap fascism and repurpose it until its citizens develop Stockholm syndrome? Like, I mean, I don't fucking get it. But uh, actually, uh, kind of going off topic, but in a, on a somewhat related note, after Russia had their anti-homophobia agenda or propaganda and whatnot. You know what Germany did act for their Olympic suits? For their, uh, like, Olympic wear? Scat? The all-rainbow flags. All-rainbow? Yeah. Really? Hoffenheim did something, yeah. I know Hoffenheim did it. Hoffenheim did that, it. but this is, like, the German Olympic yeah. Committee. Oh, good for them. Yeah. Fuck you, Putin. Yeah. <laughs> Wenger says that Zlatan is better than both Lionel Messi and Cristiano Ronaldo. I refuse to use a little fucking acronym for Ronaldo. He drives me nuts. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, in the context of scoring goals with the highest degree of difficulty and lowest chance of probability, yeah. then yeah, 
I mean, this guy's on some super samurai <laughs> shit. So yeah. I, I think he does deserve to be in that conversation. But different position, but, different yeah, exactly, type of players. Exactly. Like, way different. You know, I, mm. I, I mean, like, at least Messi and Ronaldo are kind of similar because they, that, that, they started from that, you know, that midfield role. But, like, you know, Ibra's a, he's a striker. He's a real striker. Yeah. Ibra's a, a striker with, like, the skill of a number 10. You could make a top 10 ever goal list, and he'd have about five of them. Yeah. His highlight reel is, is something to look at. You know, yeah. bicycle kick, 10 feet in the air from like 40 yards. Yeah. You know, just back heels. River and dancing on the goal line, like, fuck. He, he, has, he has got like a, an encyclopedia of goals that many players would love to have just one of them in their entire career. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he, he's the most arrogant guy. He's just a quote machine. I love it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Every time I see I see an article that has something to do with Ibrahimovic, oh, I yeah. love it. To it. Yeah, <laughs> he'd be an awesome MMA fighter. <laughs> he, he would. Though. I think well, he has a black kid. belt. Well, he's a fucking ninja. <laughs> Swedish ninja. <laughs> Swedish ninja. Vanger <laughs> has his opinion. Seth Blatter will not be outdone by any one person. Uh. And Blatter went on to the Oxford Union. At one point, put on a little dance trying to describe Cristiano. <laughs> Lionel Messi is a good boy. Uh, the, every every father, every mother would like to have it at home. A commander on the field of play. <laughs> Can we get rid of Sepp at this point? This guy's fucking, he's losing. Like, dementia in, in progress. We can watch it day by day. I mean, this guy does have a well-documented history of clown fuck lunacy. <laughs> but, I mean, he needs to understand his audience and position. And, I mean... A position which, in my opinion, you need to be as impartial as possible. Right. His influence alone can skew and waver people's perception. Well, I heard someone say it best the other day where they said that, when does anyone ever ask for Sepp's actual opinion? Like, that's, that's not your job to have an opinion on things. Your job is to help fucking control and manage. And like, to come out and start talking about people's haircuts and their... Right. One has a higher hairstylist, uh, Bill. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I actually do agree with him there. Oh, you know, <laughs> well, that might be the only thing Preaching we agree upon because <laughs> I don't know where Messi gets his haircut, but it like the same place <laughs> as Gareth Bale. Yeah. <laughs> well, what, I mean, wasn't it well documented? I think I want to say it was Euro 2012, Germany versus Portugal. Ronaldo came out with a different hairstyle at half. Yeah, yeah. he yeah. changed his hairstyle. So it, it did helps matter. His game. It, it didn't matter, you know, that the game's tied nil nil going into half. Oh, oh! Don't don't worry. Let Cristiano fucking redo his hair instead of listen to whatever the coach has to say. It's the Superman Clark Kent uh, <laughs> mirror theory. How would you guys have answered that question? Trying to put yourself in Seth Blatter's shoes. If someone was to ask me, you know, who's Messi a better player, or, or Ronaldo? Yeah, I would say they're both fantastic players. They're fantastic players for the game. Great ambassadors, and that would pretty much be the end of my right. my point because. Again, it's you have to be very impartial to it. It's the game that you run. Right. It would be a pussy-ass political diplomatic cop-out, but, I mean, you have to do that when you are you are in that position. And, uh, I mean, it, what is it? Isn't he Swiss? Yeah, Swiss. Yeah. He's, he's supposed to be neutral <laughs> fucking thing. <laughs> <laughs> <Born> neutral? <laughs> this brings up a very interesting thing for England, especially going into, you know, not, not the greatest qualifying campaigns, but, you know, we're moving into next year into the, into the World Cup. Um, but Joe Hart, England's number one, will now be dropped for the third straight match this week in the Champions League, being replaced by uh, Costello Pantelimo. Look, he's trying to see through the gap. It does come at him late. Hit very hard. Goalkeeper has to save that. It's gone through a gap. You'd expect a goalie of Joe Hart's quality to get that one. We kind of talked about it briefly you know, before the show, is that I think the, the only reason Joe Hart was playing at City is because of the FA and the pressure that you know City received from them. So is it... Is it a surprise to see him drop? No, not really. You know, if you watch the Premier League this year, even even the end of last year, I mean, we've seen it for a long time. Johar is inconsistent, and he, you know, yeah. he, he fumbles the ball regularly. So surprising? No. Yeah. Um, is it good for England? I mean, only time will tell, I guess. The same but, old song and dance. Sorry to cut you off. There. No, no, no. English goalies here. <laughs> I think England has more problems than just a keeper. You know, so yeah. <laughs> who cares? <laughs> but I mean, when 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 did he come into the Etihad? Two thousand and ten. Three, yeah, three. Yeah, three, 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 three. At that three, point, three. I mean, uh, this is maybe more F- FA hype and media, you know, hy- hy- hyperbole than anything. But I mean, he was touted as one of the best keepers in the world, and now I think uh, who was it? It's Roy Keane 
is is actually giving him harsh criticism, saying that he may be guilty of believing his own hype. Well, and that's it's actually kind of interesting. We're gonna talk on it a little bit later on too, but the fact that kind of like the the front runner to replace Joe Hart would be Ruddy from Norwich, who just got demolished seven nothing on the weekend by Man City. <laughs> So, yeah, yeah, England's just uh, fucked at this point. <laughs> <laughs> what else is new? <laughs> you know, if there's not controversy surrounding the English team, then, you know, it's not, you know, the DFB coming out and saying that they're not going to replay the game is is really bad for the German league, you know, showing that why is Bayern getting special treatment for something that happened, yeah, you know, almost two decades ago. Right. But a precedent was set there. Yeah, a ghost goal should have never counted. What's the thing that changes games the most? Goals. You know, yeah, the game finished 2-1. You can't say, oh, it finished 1-1. Although Hoffenheim did get a pretty pretty lucky penalty call. There's re- there's uh, lucky penalty calls every week, right? In one, in one league or another around Europe. Like, we see it every week. So, I mean, that's part of the game. I mean, that's like, that's like a slight error by the referee or lack of judgment or whatever. But, you know, a goal that, you know, wasn't a goal. <laughs> but I think... Like Kiesling knew he didn't score. Yeah, you could see his. You saw he put his yeah. hands oh, yeah. on his head. And he's like, "Oh my god!" And then it's it's going around the net, and he's just like, "What? I scored?" You, you know, see the it, conversation think, even at, at the half when him and the ref were talking, and Kiesling was almost like, "How is that a goal?" But the ref had already. Well, we already made the call, so we can't go back on it. The Stolzer play for for Fiorentina, or no, that's the yeah, 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 he yeah. scored the handball. When he scored the handball, and he, you know he went up to the ref, and you know he said, "Yeah," was, and they disallowed the goal because you know he yeah. went, went to And the there was like people were pissed off that he did that too. Yeah. Well, he's yeah. playing for Lazio. <laughs> <laughs> Kidding, man? Those Romans are nuts. <laughs> yeah. Well, Maradona's their Yo. fucking savior. So, <laughs> closest scored the winner in uh, the Rome Derby. The postman came to his house to kiss his feet. <laughs> oh, fuck. Fucking Mary Magdalene? Oh, yeah. <laughs> they probably think, yeah. Wow. But, I mean, it's just the thing. It's like the damage is already done. Chalk went up to human air. But, I mean, like, the con- it's What do you think the right course of action is? Replay the game? I think so, yeah. I think so. The fact that it's, it's like any lawyer would take this to court and say a precedent has already been set. They would refer to it and say this this event happened, and just because that happened, therefore we're in the same situation, and a game should be replayed. And I, I, I would believe that. You know, let's let's like do course for that. I mean, you know, it's different than a ball that went over the or didn't go over the line, called the goal. You know, that's different. Yeah. This didn't even. You know, yeah. this was on the other side of the net. That's what and first fucking don't hole they? In. Like you see the line, like you see the linesmen's before the before the hash checking the nets. Yeah. How the fuck do you miss that? Yeah. yeah. Somebody yeah. shit the bed. Like a, yeah. a hole yeah. a size that can, you know, the hole the size that can fit a football in. Cue the Jose quote. If they want a big, uh, a big game between two big teams in, uh, in London, they should put the game on Wednesday and not on, on Tuesday because uh, I'm not going to, to do that. This will be the only League Cup game we actually talk about. <laughs> Arsenal nil, Chelsea 2. Didn't he put out a relatively strong team, too? I actually thought both sides put out relatively yeah. strong teams. Yeah. But again, this, this is all down to Jose. You know, his, it just making headlines. Yeah. whining and complaining. You know, it's the first time they've really played a, a big team, well, besides Dortmund. And we all know how that ended. So, yes. you know, the second time they played a big team and we see how it ended. So, are they going to stay top of the Premier League for long? I know we're going to talk about Premier League next, but, you know, that's just something to talk about. I'm not surprised. You know, I saw it coming. Yeah, they've you know they're top of the Premier League because of the teams they've played, right? So, anyway, we'll, we'll see. You but. must follow Vertonghen on Twitter because I'm pretty sure he shares the exact same sentiments <laughs> as you. He actually just came out saying that he doesn't think Arsenal will uh, have the stamina and endurance to stay at top of the league. Yeah. Dude, Murdzak, I'm telling you, it's gonna be Murdzak. Oh, the friendly giant. <laughs> what was that game played, sir? That was. I think it was at the Emirates. I've actually. Oh, yeah, it'll be at the Emirates. The scorelines Arsenal 0, Chelsea 2. Yeah. Actually, I have a, a fact here. I don't know if any of you guys knew about this, but Mourinho has never lost a game in the Premier League at Stamford Bridge. Yeah, that's fucking. Insane. 64 matches, 50 wins, 14 draws. So wait, was that Newcastle game? Was that at. Uh, Newcastle. That was in Newcastle. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And actually, we can segue into that Fox. right away because, uh, yeah, going to the Premier League. Chelsea after their big win over leaders Arsenal in the in, in the League Cup. Chelsea then oh well Chelsea being Chelsea this season I guess Newcastle two, Chelsea nil. It's a 90. 
And this is good work here by Newcastle. Ready to steal it! They have halted Chelsea in their tracks! You know what you know what this is, is that it just shows like Every team this year is losing to, to lesser sides, right? Yeah. So it just yeah. shows you how tight the Premier League is. I've never seen a Premier League so tight. There's literally, like, I believe seven teams that could win it at this point. Well, in right in now, my opinion, anyway, like, you know, that are close enough. Right now, between from first to seventh place, there's six points separate right, those Right, exactly, teams. yeah. yeah so. Didn't I say earlier, the Premier League's the new Bundesliga? Well, <laughs> it's, it's good to see that, right? We haven't had that in a while. So, I, mean, I mean, it's been developing over the it's, past It's years, cyclical, but, right? Yeah. Like, every league goes through this. Now, you know, the Bundesliga has their two teams teams that are, you know... That are separating themselves from the rest of the pack. Yeah, and and before, that used to be the Prem. Yeah. You know, go back four years ago, you could say you could say five, six, seven teams in the Bundesliga all had a relatively good chance of winning the league. Yeah. And now, in Spain, you can never say that. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but no, yeah, the disparities are closing from, you know, they are... Uh, they are narrowing from the top teams to the to the lower bottom teams, and I mean this is football I want to watch. Mm-hmm. Okay, I do not want to fucking watch a forty team World Cup where you have fucking Uzbekistan playing Brazil and getting spanked off the face of the earth. Like fuck off. But then we have Manchester City beating Norwich seven 0 Right. Yeah. <laughs> again, without Joe Hart. And again, I know we're going to get into the Bundesliga right after this, but uh, you 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 noticed uh, there's a lot of parallels between. Certain matches. Yeah, yeah. So England's potential uh, runner-up behind Joe Hart. Uh, we saw I saw parts of like the last twenty minutes of that, that match, but seven uh, 0 against Man City, and it's just showing City's class. They're they're kind of getting into form now, and I think we can start seeing them actually become the team that everyone's expecting them to be at this point. But oh. they've they've kind of showed glimpses of that all year, right? I mean, and then they the next week they'll come and they'll lose two nothing to you know. Southampton or something, you know, and like we, we've seen them go up and down all year. So it, it's really, I, I guess, for like for fans or for anybody watching to see how consistent they can be now. I mean, this is a big result, and, and Norwich isn't isn't exactly a pushover, right? I mean, no, you know, no. they're a decent squad for sure, and they play some you know decent like possession football and whatever. So I don't know. I mean, it's it, it'll it'll be interesting to see. You know, now now between uh, all, all the way to the New Year's, really like make or break season, right? And so we'll see what happens in the end of the first I half. I think of the season, uh, right? a lot has to. You know, they just have a lot of world-class players on their team. So when it all comes together in that game, yeah. you know, they, they can just yeah. dominate. Yeah. You know, if Silva's not on par with Toure in a game, you know, it, it could all fall apart. Yeah. So. Everything was just connecting there. Yeah. In that game. And fuck, Aguero is just straight beasting right now. Yeah. Like a brick shit house. Like, wow, he's on fire. But you're right. That when they're on point, the continuity flows. It's beautiful football to watch. But again, when um, you're right, if they're not connecting, they seem really disjointed. Again, they, they can see it. I mean, we want to talk about how their performance in the Champions League the past couple of years. I mean, nowhere to be found on the, on the big stage. Yeah. Arsenal did exactly what I wanted Liverpool to do, to completely just nullify any sort of attack. Arsenal 2, Liverpool nil. Liverpool were not in the game. Liverpool were in the game for the first five minutes, I think. Arsenal <laughs> controlled the fucking midfield. The midfield. Oh, man. Henderson and Gerrard couldn't compete. Yeah. No, not at no. all. And it wasn't it until the second half when we got out to, took Sissoko off that seemed completely out of place in that match. Um, we brought Coutinho in. That's when we started like pressing forward. We actually started getting the ball. Through the midfield, actually getting some opportunities, and then it then it came down to uh, Suarez and Serge were just missing everything at that point. But I think a lot of that comes down to the frustration of the first half, and that was Coutinho's first game back too in a while, right? Yeah, like two months. Yeah, exactly. So I mean, you know, you can't expect a lot out of him, but I mean, yeah, he did look good. I watched that game actually. Yeah, he was he, bright with yeah, him. Well. Yeah, definitely. Oh, I thought his ball control is just ball stuck to his foot. Yeah, yeah. You know, really fleet-footed. and I, th- I thought he was the best player that I saw from Liverpool. Absolutely. You know, I thought, you know, Suarez, he had a chance where he could have squared it over to, to, to Sturridge. To Sturridge yeah. And yeah. I tap it in the net and then he puts it five feet wide. Yeah. And you saw Sturridge's reaction when he was just oh, he, arms he was, up there like, yeah. what yeah. the fuck, man? Like, that you know, but I think game. a lot of it has to do with, let's be real, Pierre Murdersacker. Fuck Per. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. I'm going to call him Per. Not call him fucking Per. Fuck you, Per. <laughs> he what will be the death of boy. <laughs> no, he, yeah, man. You know what? It, 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 to me, it's like they never got in tight enough on him with the ball on the ground. A lot of the times, like, balls get like, played across 
It's like, don't cross the ball to fucking Spartans. The guy's five foot nothing. You got fucking per murder sack who's like nine feet tall. Yeah, with Obviously. a vertical of one inch. <laughs> but <laughs> I, I've never seen someone so tall that just can't jump. But no, I thought um, Arteta did a phenomenal job in uh, replacing uh, Flamini. Yeah. Arteta, so Arteta did a phenomenal job. I think it's a nice pass and it's, there. You know, for anyone, even, you know, any player that, or any person that follows the Premier League, for Arsenal to be able to interchange midfield players like that right now, that's, it's a scary thing to see that, like, guys can be replaced. Yeah. People get injured. It would have mean, they still have some more depth on the bench, too, with some injuries, and you know who we're waiting for. We'll wait for <laughs> save the time we'll to come. We'll save it. We'll save it. Yeah. And people be wondering, what are you saving? Trust me. You, you will know when it I was just going to say, you know, it wouldn't be an Arsenal match if I didn't have some criticism of them, so I'm just going to go ahead and, you know, voice my opinion for this match. For sure. Despite winning, I think that they're still not really convincing at the back, to be honest. And I think, even if you, I mean, like you said, Liverpool and missing in that game. It's not that Arsenal was, you know, a superior squad by any means. It was just, you know, in that match, yes, they were. Um, they didn't look that convincing at the back, really. Well, like, the murder Liverpool sack of really thing was just a joke, but... Oh, no, obviously, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they, they just don't look like really a special squad. So, it's, I, I don't think anybody can really read into the scoreline that much and say... But I, was, just, I was making an argument... I don't know if I said it on an earlier pod, but in order to win the Premier, you have to win every game against the bottom 10 teams. Yeah, yeah. you did today. Right? Yeah. And, yeah. Then, and then go 50% up top. Up top. Yeah. So what you're saying is, we beat Arsenal in the next match, Liverpool wins the league. <laughs> sure. <laughs> <laughs> if that'll help you sleep at night. No, Anthony's right. I mean, you can't read too much in the scoreline, but I mean, I was this was the game that I was looking forward to the most this year because... I had question mark, huge question marks about both of these teams. Yeah. Goes with that, you know, one team just kind of disappeared while the other team kind of capitalized on their chances. You know, as hot as Sturridge and Suarez came out of the gates to be just kind of silenced like that, I mean, you're going to have games like that. I don't really want to give Pierre too much credit, but he was positionally sound, I thought. That's you know. that's his game, though. Yeah. He's not fast, but he's, he's smart. He's like Hoopy yeah. kind of. But when he makes mistakes, they're just so oh, obvious. Yeah. I kick bull off face? What? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, moving to the other half of uh, Liverpool, Lukaku was like, hey, man, you know what? This is still nil-nil. I'm going to knock the fuck out of Lloris with my knee. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck. Everton nil, Tottenham nil. Let's just talk about Lloris for a minute. I think it's, you know, we talked a lot about in, pre- in previous episodes about diving and, you know, what a cancer it is to the game and this and that. And, you know, for someone like Lloris... To, to get up and, and continue to play and make actually two amazing saves after that, after he got kicked in the head and was knocked out for a, like a few minutes, you know, it's, it says a lot about the player and a lot about like his determination. And, you know, he's, he's the French captain for a reason, right? And I, I didn't really understand until he came to Spurs because I didn't watch him on the young. Yeah. So you know, I, I I don't believe in goalkeepers being captains. You know, it's it's kind of like a strange thing for a goalkeeper to have. Yeah. Come on, to run 50 yards or 80 yards to talk to the ref, like you know, King it's stupid. <laughs> yeah, Loris was very much yeah. like, a, like a hockey player or fucking Rod Tidwell from Jerry Maguire. Yeah. Thank yeah. <laughs> you. Show me the money. Yeah. It's the second time in two weeks. You know, last week Townsend went, I don't know if anybody saw that, he flipped over the, the advertising at the behind the goal. Yeah. And he, he broke his uh, a bone in his hand or elbow, I believe, or something. Mm-hmm. We didn't know that. You know, We didn't know that at the time, but... Uh, yeah, he, I mean, he played for last time. He continued stuff. to play. Yeah, 13, yeah. 14 minutes or whatever it was. And, you know, it just... Not that they're both Spurs players. I mean, any players that can do that, that's that's incredible. You know, especially, you know, week in, week out when we see guys flopping for nothing and, you know, right. claiming injury. So, the result wasn't good, but, you know, that, that was pretty cool. Was it four four goals in five away matches or something? Yeah, something like that. Soldado still can't... Well, I was reading an article that was talking about, like, the way that uh, the ball's being played to Soldado, it's not like how it was at Valencia where he would kind of, like, you know, most of his goals came from inside the box. It was either either crosses or, you know, a, a passing from the byline or something. He scored like. every goal from inside the 18-yard box. He is, he's a poacher, and, you know, he's not getting the service. With with this inverted winger system that is playing, he's not getting service. You know, Townsend is cutting in, and he's not at the level yet where he can score. I mean, you know, this whole inverted winger thing, you need wingers like Bale or Robin to, you know, convert those chances from outside the box. Yeah. Lennon and, and Townsend are not those players. You know, they will never be those caliber of players. Or maybe Townsend. Lennon definitely will not. It's really not working at the moment, and I think even if you look back to when Bale played at Spurs, you know, his most successful time was actually on the left wing until he became, you know, a very good striker of the ball and started scoring from, you know, from, from far, and that's when ABB put him on the right. 
But, you know, Spurs, need, they need speed down the wings. And it's, it's evident week in, week out. So let's, you know, let's see what happens in the coming weeks. But something has to change. Mm-hmm. You know Keeping we'll, clean sheets, which is good, but it's not good enough, right? You know what will make Aaron Lennon faster? More stripes in his eyebrows. <laughs> right. <laughs> Racing stripes? Yeah. <laughs> the, the media is already just kind of having a field day with the whole concussion headshot yeah. thing, right? Yeah, I heard that in uh, on a Toronto radio show about... Uh, the concussion of Lloris. Yeah, FIFA Pro is all over right now, saying that it shouldn't be down to coaches and, and trainers, even the players themselves. Uh, head injury, they should be taken off the ice. They've got a point to a degree, but they do. And I mean, I don't want to. I don't want to open up this ridiculous can of worms um, regarding headshots, as I mean, we, we're seeing it just being just. I mean, that, that, that's what's flooding the media in a, in a professional North America professional sports with uh, well, NHL's been going on for quite some time now, and now at the the NFL. So I mean, I don't really want to want to get uh, too much. But you know, that. how do you take a player out that says, "No, I want to stay and I want to play the game"? If he feels right. fine and has headaches two hours later, then that's it was his choice. It's yeah. his fucking yeah. choice. It's fucking. He's getting paid the money to fucking play this game. So, I mean, fuck off. At least he still has his head and is on a duffel bag. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, uh, we have some breaking news, and uh, that's that art is shit at FIFA. This guy just missed, <laughs> it. Stop. He missed a Torres sitter. <laughs> Torres-esque sitter. He's calibrated to miss sitter. Oh, stop. <laughs> well, Gus, this is almost like a perfect week for you to come back from your little uh, rendezvous, but uh, Dortmund, 6, Stuttgart, 1. Well, it's his 7th goal of the campaign. Wonderful invention by Marco Royce. Deadly finishing by Lewandowski. Yeah, Lewandowski. You know, yeah, crazy. Is it is it weird as a German person to, to love a Polish person so much? <laughs> yeah, it's like I love art. <laughs> but, you know, it's Dortmund's style of play is if the opposition doesn't have a strong midfield that can really control a ball, they can they press teams into mistakes all the time. Yeah. And with their with the wingers being so high up the field yeah. that w- when they steal the ball from any position, they've got numbers going the other way. And it's yeah. one, two, three passes, and they're already in the eighteen yard box and having a you know a chance at goal. And it's just like games against uh, eighteen sixty. You know, this is a game that could have been that way. It's just you know what the ball was on the other side of the post this time. The next game on in, in Germany this this weekend, the next big game I guess was uh, Hoffenheim. Obviously, uh, after the decision from the DFB, they had a bit of a point to prove against Bayern, the ball clubs we playing this weekend. A really good storyline to have those two teams playing in this situation, but they almost, uh, you know, they almost grounded a result against uh, against Bayern. Yeah, no, and I I thought that Hoffenheim had the better the better of the scoring chances as well. They played a, a phenomenal game. Yeah, you're playing Bayern Munich. You're playing the best club team in the world right now. It's not even arguably. But, you know, and, I mean, teams are coming to play them. And you are seeing them, but I believe the last three games that they played, they've been scored on first. Yeah. Right? And I'm a fan of that. Yeah. I love that. Honestly, it opens the game up. It, for most games, I mean, Syria are, are playing against Italy. If they score first, they have everybody and their fucking grandmother behind the ball. <laughs> you know, but this is, you know, the it, it opens up the game and whatnot. But teams are coming to play against Bayern, and it is showing the, that the disparity between some teams are, you know, between top teams. I mean, Hoffenheim's a good team, though. I mean, they score shit little goals, and they fucking get a shitload scored on them. Well, how much does it show that almost, to a degree, the, the complacency of Bayern Munich? Right. They come up the play? No, for, for sure. And, I mean, I don't know if this is just... Uh, they are still struggling to find a, a starting 11. A consi- well, consi- consistent starting 11, well, whether it be injuries, whether it be Robin having his period... Wasn't this the, the first game though That Pep actually fielded Two defensive midfielders Like he had what Martinez like, and Schweinsteiger Both in the starting lineup Stop right. the fucking presses Hoffenheim before BVB just fucking poured in the goals Hoffenheim and BVB were tied For most goals scored The only difference is Hoffenheim also the, has conceded like 23 goals. So, you know, their games are fun to watch. Oh, you know, yeah, it's, oh, yeah. there's no defense whatsoever. Yeah. Well, moving on. And you from, did see, sorry, yeah. an act of desperation too, which I thought um, was when Pep brought on Tony Cruz. He, he said before the game, he wasn't Tony Cruz or Robin weren't going to, we're, we're going to see any time, any, any, any uh, time on the field. But he actually did uh, start bringing him in. I believe the game was 1-1 at that time. Yeah. 
you know, it could be also the arrogance of, you know, oh, you're only Hoffenheim, we're the mighty Bayern Munich. You know, we can play a lesser team against you and still get a result type thing. I think that's interesting because, like, you know, there's like two points here. And uh, one is obviously, anytime a new manager comes in, there's, you know, a bit of settling down. You know, amongst yeah. the players, and you know, there's a lot of points to be proven. You know, who who gets in the starting eleven, who even makes a squad, right? So, everything it's basically starting from scratch in in a lot of ways. So, you know, let's see how Pep handles this, and then you know, talk, you know, on the same note as Pep, let's see how much pressure is actually put on Pep, and let's see what Dortmund's kind of reaction is to this now, because you know they have a good opportunity now, right? Yeah. Bayern is not at the top of their game; they're not maybe in the in the form that that Dortmund are in. So it'll be Bundesliga will still be interesting even though there's only two teams in it this year, right? You know, they, they still have a couple injuries. I, I don't even think Gundogan's played a game since the Bayern game where, you know, at the Super Cup where he was probably man of the match. Peace checks out until January, so... Yeah. You're right. Consistency-wise, Dortmund, I mean, I've yet, I mean, I've, I've watched every single game Dortmund has played this year, same with Bayern. Dortmund, they come out of the gates hot. They, yeah. they give 110%. Yeah. Klopp runs his team in the fucking ground. He takes them off when they're exhausted. Um, Let's say the weekend that he uses all three subs because he he, he has, has to use them. Well, yeah, it's not just killing the clock, like you know. And, and Klopp is the twelfth player on that field. Like I mean, he is a player's coach. Yeah. He's a player's manager, and the, you should see the respect that he garners from Dortmund as a in, in its entirety, and it's in the city uh, uh, by, by their players. It's very admirable. I mean, they're a blue collar team. And uh, with Bayern, on the other hand, it seems like they just gravitate towards their competition's level. Their games are apples and alligators, you know? I mean, you watch them pick apart Man, Man City, like where they made Man City their little bitch. Yeah. Like they were fucking Brian Schwag, right? But, and then they, they play teams like uh, it, it, the, domestically where they barely scratch out a win. But, I mean, they're the champions for a reason. They still do get the result. So it will be interesting. I can't uh, actually wait for that match. Pep is very much like a player's coach too, right? And right. And just yeah. like in, in like a different respect. Like, you know, there's like the hard-nosed Klopp and, mm. and Pep is kind of like the finesse guy. But you've seen, especially at Barca, him giving it to them. Oh, yeah. And, you know, yeah. maybe not yet at Munich, but it, it'll come. And I think, you know, we've seen, uh, you know, glimpses of that. So For sure. You have Klopp shows up in sweatpants. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you have <laughs> Pep showing up in a nice juicy three-piece. <laughs> <laughs> The yeah. tightest of yeah. all suits. <laughs> but Klopp rocks his style. I will get. I love fucking yeah. Klopp, man. Last note about that, like, just you know, it's interesting. We talk about players a lot, and we we don't really talk about managers. I think that's an awesome managerial duo. Like, you know, these yeah. these two amazing coaches are, are still somewhat under the radar in a sense. You know, they don't have that. You know, I feel like a lot of the press, you know, gravitates towards the Premier League and the competition yeah. there. But you know, being being in Germany now. I don't know. I think that's really cool, and it's really interesting to see two managers of that size. And they're young, too, right? So that's that's yeah. pretty cool to see. And then Klopp just signed an extension. Yeah, 2018. 2018. And I will say one thing. When BVB scores, I don't want to see the player celebration. I want to see Klopp's yeah. fucking yeah. fist bumps. But the thing is, is they go hand in hand. The yeah. players come. How many celebrations where they come, and they just hug, and they do a powwow with Klopp in the middle? Like, that... I love that team, man. I wonder if he took a note off AVB when he was at Chelsea saying, come, celebrate with me. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, the, uh, the, the shock, I guess, of the weekend in Germany was Eintracht Braunschweig won <laughs> by Leverkusen nil. Well, from like what I was talking about earlier, you know, uh, a manager resting his best, best squad. He had Kiesling, Bender, and Sam all on the yeah. bench during that game. So, you know, just thinking that Okay, you know what? Yeah. We want to try to do something in Champions League. That's where the money is. That's what's, you know, playing in the Champions League, that's where you're going to attract players. They thought, ah, we're playing the worst team in the Bundesliga. Let's try to, you know, grind out a win. Well, they didn't. Yeah. You know? (laughs) And he tried to save face by, you know, introducing all those players later in the game. But, you know, too little, too late. Um, But do you not think that... Like, I agree with you to a certain extent in terms of, you know, the Champions League, that's where you do attract players. But you not also think that's where you also lose players? Like, lose players how? Due to injury? Or no, no, not due to injury. Just from, because you're on the big stage. Oh. So, you, they're just scouted out. Other, other teams And Leverkusen is a feeder team. Sure. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, you can say Dortmund's a feeder team to some degree, too. So, you can see a player like Sam or somebody else like that, like, getting picked up. Like, he played really well under that, under that team last year. Well, like, I know Benitez yeah. used to do a lot. 
he would target players that played well against Liverpool yeah. in the Champions League. But moving into <laughs> so this is actually just a, the, the mirror opposite of last last uh, match day, and right off right off the top we got Man City, Cheska Moscow in City, and City's had well City won the last game two one. Do City supporters start yelling? Ruski, Ruski at uh, <laughs> I look at the at the fixtures list, and this is probably like the most boring game for really? me. Anyways, I don't. The next one's I don't find Madrid though. <laughs> <laughs> and there's also Milan Barcelona. I didn't even put it on the list. Squeak out a one-one draw mm-hmm. last match day. Uh. Do you think it's safe to say that we've kind of moved from the Barcelona aura? They're still they're playing well, obviously, but you know they're not they're not the epicenter of of all talk at this point. They still refer to it and like. Well, Barcelona's a great team, but they're not... What was it, two years ago they had four old Clasicos in 17 days or something? Yeah. That's a, that was actually at the height of it, where, you know, you didn't, you know, the height of Barcelona's kind of aura, and, uh, you know, Real Madrid trying to gun for them, so... Do you think it has anything to do, I mean, with uh, Messi not being 100%? Well, you know, the flag's already Game waving. Fit? He hasn't scored in four games. Let's calm the fuck down. Yeah. Yeah. He still has been playing well, though, from what yeah. I've read. Yeah. You know, I think the, the the focus of Barcelona was different. It's not only Messi, right? Mm-hmm. They've, they've kind of changed the squad, you know, with the change of manager and whatever. Um, you know, now you have other players in the squad that, that are ready to prove themselves. And Messi finds himself in that captain role where, even though he's not the captain, you know, to, to kind of... Uh, to, it's not only about him, right? He has to find other players to work with and play with. And mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I think that's good personally. Everybody knows Messi can change a game. Well, yeah, and, and Sanchez has actually kind of become yeah. the player what he expe- or wanted him to be when from when he came from uh, Udinese. So you know he's putting in goals. Martino has them playing well, and that's a good thing yeah, for. They're, they're still playing. They're well. not the dominant yeah. team they once were, but they're still yeah. fucking in first place in Spain. You do expect them to go through the next... Uh, like, yeah, I think to really answer the question, we need to see what they do in the Champions League. Well, really, that's the, they're playing what? Fucking Celtic, Ajax, and, and Milan in the right, Champions right. League. Right, So it's not really the, the best caliber of, uh, of, cl- no, of clubs fine, at yeah, this point in, there, in yeah. time. So, I mean, do they, or they... I don't know. I don't know how Neymar's doing this year. A lot yeah. of assists. Yeah, he, he, I think he's like... He's, he's been, scored a couple no, nice goals. He's not the marquee player that... But do you, you hear what Malay said about Neymar? You know he is with uh, with predictions that he's uh, five years from being uh, from being uh, Messi. Okay, so he's five years from being out of the game. So <laughs> I, I love the one. Oh fuck! <laughs> the one, got, yeah, that, that one article. Okay, so that, that goes anywhere. There was one article. Is like top ten worst Pele predictions, and I remember one of them was from a movie that he was in, and it was just like oh, I can't I can't play anymore. It was a movie where they had to play like Nazi prison guards or anything. He's like, oh, I can't play anymore. Go comes back, scores the game winners. Uh, <laughs> fucking what's up with Brazil, man? Holy shit! <laughs> right, well. Speaking of Brazil, you guys hear about Justin Bieber? No. Oh. Getting pulled out of a Brazilian <laughs> brothel like he's a Hasidic Jew ready to have sex. And I'm like, yeah, he's covered in a bed sheet yeah. and shit. Uh, a good Canadian boy. <laughs> good Canadian boy. Justin Bieber. Hey, Just to touch on this Justin Bieber stuff. Yes. <laughs> I don't know if you heard or if anybody heard, but um, kind of relative to, to what he just did in Brazil. Uh, he was in a, in a nightclub in, in Tokyo, and um, there was a, a DJ playing Michael Woods. And, you know, he's like a, like a house DJ or whatever. And so Bieber goes up to him and tells him to, to play hip-hop. And when Woods tells him to fuck off, he punches uh, Woods' tour manager. In the face, Bieber. And then he goes well, and hides behind his guards. Yeah, and yeah. if and if anybody uh, saw uh, Dead Mouse's Twitter, he was he just fucking gave it to Bieber just yeah. for being a total cunt, you know. And, <laughs> good. Yeah, it, it, fucking good, you know. Like He's a little fucking shit. Yeah, yeah, just full of shit. Yeah. Anyway, enough about that. Let's. let's All the while, while he's getting a Brazilian wax job in the brothel, <laughs> his mother's <laughs> tweeting, cre- tweeting pictures of Christ the Redeemer with hashtag blessed. <laughs> <laughs> There's no intervention there, Mama Bieber. And the worst part too is nobody knows anybody. No, There's no divine intervention there, Mama. The kids from fucking Stratford who like you know that's like the epicenter of arts in Canada. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fucking fuck you, you fuck. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Plazan, FC Bayern. Last match day was uh, nil five. Yeah, I got and, me. And now we're going to Plazan. 
Ah, you know, as a staunch Bayern supporter, I don't even know if I'm going to fucking watch this game. <laughs> I was actually watching some of the games, like, this is fucking brutal. Like, they're playing a second Bundesliga team. Yeah. yeah. They have not dominated a team in, in the Bundesliga this year like that like, game. Yeah. Well, and this this kind of goes back to the, the what we're talking about earlier with fucking Platini and adding more more teams right. to the World Cup. Right. Adding more teams to Champions League. Teams that want to, you know, go to the next level, participate. But it... You know what? There, there needs to be there needs to be something that that says like you're not you're not that stature to be in the Champions League. Like, Plazan, maybe they're a good competition team for Europa League because right. like that's that quality of teams. Yeah. And maybe eventually you, you fucking dominate and you become a team that can afford to bring in bigger players. But for a team like Plazan to be in the Champions League and getting fucking yeah. demolished, embarrassed, what's the point? Like we should we should almost like cut the cut the groups down to fucking. Teams of three as opposed to teams of four because that fourth place team like Marseille, thanks for showing up. Yeah, yeah. You, you know you spent more money fucking traveling than you did in, in tournament money. You know what? Yeah, <laughs> fuck Platini, fuck Pele, <laughs> fuck <What>? Putin, fuck Sarker, fuck Bieber. I understand the logic behind it in a sense, like you know they they want these smaller teams to get that Champions League money and and kind of develop their squads and all that and whatever. But you know at, at the same time, like what they don't understand. Uh, from like my experience coaching at like a youth level, you know, there's always a, a, a dilemma of like bringing kids on who who might develop or who might not be. And if they're not ready for that stage, I've learned to you know not bring them because they end up not getting enough playing time and they actually don't develop at all. Right. You know, they they develop more playing in a, a you know in lower quality than they do against you know those top sides or in that higher competition. And you can destroy people's confidence. Absolutely, yes. You know, so yeah, there's two sides to the coin, right? Yeah. You know, everybody loves an underdog story, but. Right, you know the, under, the underdog yeah. story now it's it's almost unfounded in in football. Just Euro because 2004, the only time you see them was like the FA Cup. You see that that one yeah. team that kind of makes the run to like the quarterfinals. The Cinderella story. Yeah, you, you, you even get it somewhat in the Champions League too. Best underdog story. I'm sorry, is fucking Greece Portugal Euro 2004. Oh, I was happy. I was, I was fucking loving yeah, it. That was great. And uh, that's how that's how Chelsea won the Champions League, taking <laughs> off uh, Greece's tactics right there. Yeah. So last uh, last match day was Schalke Chelsea. Uh, Chelsea won three 0 We're going back to Germany, Deutschland. Yeah. I mean, Chelsea after fucking coming off that that loss to Newcastle. There's a point. You to know, there, there were large portions of that game that Schalke dominated and just couldn't put the you know ball in the net. Torres just. I wouldn't be surprised at this rate if he goes to a German club the way he scores in Germany and <laughs> yeah. against German opposition. Like Ra- fucking Raul. You fucking use him at Leverkusen or something. Raul. I'm seeing a Chelsea victory here. I mean, Schalke, you, you, you don't know what you're going to get, get from them yeah. there. You know, they've got highly skilled offensive players, uh, but the defense is not very good. A lot of mistakes there. I, I can't see them going to England and, you know, getting, getting a result. Yeah. They have some injury issues too, right? Yeah, I actually read something today where uh, Mourinho's been given the green light to bring another striker in January because Torres and Eto have only scored one goal each in the Premier League. What about Demba Ba? Bad knees Ba. <laughs> <laughs> West Ham's out there because West Ham can't score goals. are out there, actually. Oh, today. But again, like, you know, we kind of talked about this before the show. Everybody's <laughs> after everybody, right? So yeah. Yeah. it's hard to really say who's after who. Probably the biggest game out of this match today, Dortmund-Arsenal. Again. Dortmund, you know, Lewandowski breaks fucking gutters hearts last week. And now we're playing, is it West Fallen Stadium? Am I saying it right? Yeah, yeah. pretty close. I just want to see that cop rocking against Arsenal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, I think, like I said before when I was previewing the match, Arsenal hasn't faced a team like this. And people don't face teams like this that just press and press and just, you know, relentless and, you know, force you into mistakes and just, you know, it, it's... The best counter-attacking team in, in the game. Yeah. The closest thing really is Barca, if you look at them. Like, the way they counter and press. You know, like, different different style of football, but very similar in, in, those, in, in that sense, I guess. Yeah, and you know who I've been really impressed with at Dortmund this year? Is uh, Nuri Shaheen. Like, he... He belongs in You Germany. know, he came... Definitely. Yeah. He came back last year, and I was like, oh, okay, let's, you know... You had two two bad years yeah. away. That's what happens when you play a player in, in his position, too. That's what happens when you go to Madrid. End of story. Yeah. What yeah, the fuck are you sure. doing? And, you know, he's just come <laughs> back, and it's like, wow, you're showing... Like, he was the... the any player would be to sit on a fucking bench. But, you know, he was the Bundesliga best player of the year. And, you know, now he's, he's showing a glimpse of that player he is. You know, he's 
great distributor of the ball, but I think he's even a better better tackler, and the way he reads the game is just phenomenal. And you know, they're showing that they they aren't missing a beat with Gundogan out of the lineup. How like even though I think Gundogan you know could be one of the best central midfielders in the world. They're showing, you know what? He might be expendable at 35 mil. You know, Dorman love cashing in those players. They bought him for four. That's uh, and they seem to be a fucking easy yeah. replacement by the academy too. So yeah, like their economic model is uh, something to marvel at. Like, take notes, USA. Uh, <laughs> do you think they're gonna get, uh, get Kagawa back? I don't. Shinji. I don't know. It's Shinji. <laughs> well, there's there's talk that there's already a deal in place for a swap between him and Subutich. Yeah, but yeah. Klopp's come out and said no. Like, you know, we'll take Shinji back, but you're not getting fucking Sibitich. <laughs> you know, Klopp handpicked Sibitich from Mainz to bring with him when he came to coach Dortmund. So I can't see him giving him away for uh, for Shinji. And I don't know. I think Shinji's still trying to ride it out because he's getting a little bit like getting some appearances here and there. So who knows? We'll see. We'll see. So well, we'll, predictions? What do you think? I'm gonna say three-one Dortmund. Whoa, it's bold. Fuck, it's it's the one for Arsenal. Hopefully, it's not fucking Giroud. Dude, I I I think the Arsenal players are gonna go deaf. They've never heard noise like that, that in their stadium. That is one stadium yeah. I want to watch a football game. In. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's total it's, opposite to the Emirates, you know. Yeah, you watch watching footage. Of that, <laughs> watching footage of that cop. What, it, uh, there's there's nothing. Else. Yeah. There's, yeah. Yeah. What was the one story you read the other? Uh, you told me about last year, Boots, about just after uh, just English players who gravitated towards Dortmund after the World Cup in 2006 in yeah. Germany and just became the staunch BBB supporters. Season tickets, they go to every single yeah, game. I, I know guys. I know guys from Liverpool that fucking love. They're they're they're, they're like not like Liverpool's a team, but yeah. Dortmund's other team. They fucking three or four times a year they go to Germany. And it's just like, and they have that identity. They have that um, aura about them where it doesn't seem like they're fair weather fans. Yeah, it's just it's a warmth that I'm envious of. It would probably be pretty intimidating as a player going in there and playing against that. All right, four 0 Dortmund. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> in the Premier League, uh, first kicking off is second place Chelsea versus eleventh place West Brom, and this is after Chelsea is going to face Schalke and. Chelsea's gonna want that win against Schalke, so this could be a this could be a tricky game because junk as uh, West Brom's been, you know they have they have given up some bogey matches against some teams. It's always interesting to see teams play. Uh, Champions League is not so bad; it's more Europa League, you know, when they play in the Premier League on the weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's still interesting to see teams play after a Champions League match. You know, even even more so sometimes because there's so much riding on that Champions League place, like we talked about, you know, the money and whatnot. So teams are very prone to struggle when they come back from that midweek game, right? So before the season, West Brom wasn't a pushover side. They're not doing that well this year, but in the past two seasons, you know, they've been they've been pretty pretty decent and right up there. Yeah, I would like to see nothing more, but Chelsea kind of slip, slip further down on the table, as I imagine you guys Absolutely. would that too. This Absolutely. is, you look you look at the, the lineups this week, I'll just quickly say them, but looking towards the, the matchups this weekend, you have second place Chelsea, 11th place West Brom. Third place Liverpool, 16th place Fulham. Fourth place Tottenham, Ninth place Newcastle. Then you have a team, as much as I hate to say it, they're a bit on a resurgence right now. Eighth place United against first yeah. place Arsenal. So this could be a great weekend for mm-hmm. anybody to like. Obviously, we're not going to overtake Arsenal, but we could get within two points of them. So, uh, yeah, we got, like I said, Liverpool, Fulham. Um, not much to be said about that match. It's a game Liverpool has to win. They better win. They want to be serious about their yeah, contention. Yeah, Fulham are struggling. Eh? Like, uh, I didn't yeah, see that personally. I don't know. I watch Premier League, and Fulham has always been like a decent mid-table squad. Yeah, you yeah. know, like, what the Something's fuck Something's off this year, right? man. Like, they got Berbatov. And yeah. Ruiz, like, that's, probably, know, like, that's actually probably the, the Achilles heel right there. there because right. it seems wherever the club he goes to, that team goes Jeez. to shit. <laughs> yeah, trust me. I'm a Spurs supporter. I know that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> been there about five Spurs years ago. Spurs, no. Villa, Yeah. Now Fulham's, Fulham's But, I mean, you have some interesting matches here because you... Oh, it's really going to see the redeem, like if there's any redeemable qualities within some of these squads. Yeah, right. I mean Chelsea here, Liverpool, I mean Tottenham. Whatever they had a draw, but again, like they're they're, they're squaring off against a team who beat Chelsea. Who beat Chelsea? Yeah. yeah. I was looking at the fixtures this morning, and because I was looking at my fantasy team, and honestly, you know, the past couple of weeks, because a lot of the top four teams have been playing each other, my fantasy team has been struggling. You know, because I have a lot of top four players in the squads, and but this week is just great. You know, like besides, I don't have any United or Arsenal players, so. 
fucking say la vie, you know? <laughs> every, every other match looks pretty fucking good to me. So I think it's time for, you know, for me to move up in the table again. I was, I was third in, like, a, in a league amongst my friends, and now I dropped to, like, 34th just because of the past three weeks. So let's fucking get back up there. <laughs> I was, like, 90, 93 points at art last week, but... Yeah. I imagine you gained some ground this week because I had Suarez and Sturridge. Yeah, it fucking goes up and down, eh? Really quick. I didn't, I didn't really see that happening. It's yeah, it's crazy. It's like Premier League shit. Everybody's in it, you know. What do you think, Tottenham Newcastle? What's your prediction on there? Fuck, that's hard. If we play some wingers on the on their actual, you know, sides with their with their strong foot, maybe we can actually do something. You know, to, to be fair, I, I didn't say this, but you know, watching the, the Spurs and Everton match for the first half, we dominated and we created a lot of chances. But again, it was the whole inverted winger thing, you know, with Townsend cutting in and Lennon having Lennon has no left foot. He can't even cross the ball with his right foot. Never mind his left foot. Yeah. So you know, for him to cut back every time to cross the ball, you know. It's definitely a hindrance on the team. You know, it gives that extra five or ten seconds for defenders to get back, right? So, besides Vertonghen, we had no left-footed players on the left side of the pitch, right? And Vertonghen is, is actually a center back, not even a left back. So, there's there's nothing on that left side. I'm sure you can probably get really half of Mesut Uzil's left foot on loan. <laughs> <laughs> or Robin. Man, Arsenal, I'm look, I'm, I'm, yeah. that's the game that I'm looking for. Need- I don't know where you guys stand on that, who you, what team you guys hate more. But, I, honestly, like you guys know I'm... By proxy, I'm an Arsenal supporter. Whenever it's whenever it's top four teams, it's a draw. You know, like that's a problem, yeah, right, Justin? I, know, I think that, so. That, like, that makes sense. isn't that the you know the usual, but, uh, yeah, honestly, another more feeling. I love than seeing Manchester United just get fucking outplayed and scum. Uh, oh well, I mean, United, it, dude, uh, United's been losing all season, so this is this is one of those games like so United is uh, yeah, United's on 17 points and both of our clubs are on 20 points right now and. Arsenal's on 25. You almost said it's like you, you don't want United to get that win because now they're level with us. Yeah. You don't want Arsenal to even get a point because that pulls us pulls them five points ahead. But yeah. you no, know, it's a one-one draw, and you know we get some wins in there. I'd, I'd be more content at least. Definitely, I don't want United being in the in the conversation. Yeah. I want them to always be the. It's like, good to three, have them like finals. you know off to the side. Yeah. It's and like it, Portugal to Spain. You know they're in the corner. Nobody gives a fuck. It's what you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what United do. Like, they'll lose it. They'll lose, First four or five games of the season, I swear to God, there's somebody fuck with the with the point tallies on the table because yeah. they lose like four or five games, win two, and all of a sudden, oh, well, only one point back. Yeah, yeah. Like, what? <laughs> we we've lost two games all season. What the fuck? Speaking of which, you haven't really had anything any talk about Fergie in this episode. Yeah. And I actually did see a quote from Fergie. I'm pulling up the article right ha- right here. We are the only club in that league that can come from behind to win the league because of our history. And he needs to do a fact check because you did. I did. <laughs> 2012, Man United were eight points clear with six games left. It actually wasn't that long ago. Nope. What That's happened? When fucking Aguero wins the league after United is already celebrating. And the best part about that is I remember Fergie, Fergie of all people, complaining to the FA because United thought they had the league won. But Aguero scored a goal, like, like, what was it, like 94th or 95th minute? And he's like, the league needs to look into games and, and, and the times that they finish because we thought we'd won the league. It's like, you're fucking kidding me. You're the guy gets a fucking eight minutes of extra time when you're down a goal, you fucking asshole. 1998. There was a time when Fergie's Man United were 11 points clear of Langer's arsenal. History shows they came from behind to clinch the league with 78 points to Man United 77 points. Oh, you guys got some good news in here, too. <laughs> then there was actually a time pre-Fergie where United made their best ever start to a league season, but Ron Atkinson soon got the sack at Old Trafford after Liverpool came from behind to take the title. So Liverpool ended up taking the title that year. I think that's it. Sorry, you don't get any Tottenham Hotspur shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, they got like a league cup. Somewhere <laughs> at some point. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Backhanded <laughs> compliment. <laughs> uh, you know, I love you, buddy. I mean, I was the first supporter at one point when fucking Jurgen Yur- Yur- Klinsman was there. That guy had a birthday. I don't think I was born, bro. Yeah. <laughs> he was like, oh, yeah, you probably were. He was just using a watch, like, I scored. Yeah. And now I died. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, move on. Bundesliga. Uh, again, it's, it's kind of. Kind of the same old story from from uh, Premier League. We got first place against thirteenth, thirty against fourteenth, and then fourth against second. Yeah, so I'm loving the, the the parallels that we're drawing and and uh, 
the kind of bait and switch we're seeing with the Premier and Bundesliga this year. Yeah, there's some a lot of very story, good yeah. parallels that kind of bounce off each other right now. That's really good. Yeah, Bayern versus Augsburg uh, to kick it off. So it's a wash. You know, wash. I'm saying if, fuck, probably three now. Well, I guess the they've got fucking Plzen during the week, so two easy know. matches. Yeah, it should be the beast. There's a bit of a gap between you know the top three teams. I mean, even the top two. Obviously, you know we talked about that in the Bundesliga, mm-hmm. but top top three we can even say compared to the rest of the league. So yeah, uh, three nine sensible. Well, agree. especially after Mainz lost last weekend. Two yeah, to, it was Augsburg. I think Augsburg, they lost. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that you know, even though Leverkusen lost some points, Mainz did too. So. You know, there's, I think Leverkusen is still within, like, six points or something of Bayern. Again, I mean, realistically, like, the only threat I see for Bayern in the Bundesliga is Dortmund. Yeah. And it's a, it's a legitimate threat, too. And, I mean, you know, this is, though, this is going to be the game where, you know, uh, Bayern has a chance to uh, set the record for most consecutive uh, Bundesliga ma- uh, match games um, unbeaten. unbeaten. Yeah, because they, right? they matched it this weekend. They, they matched they? it with 35. Uh, Hamburg held it, I believe, in 1980. That's, uh, that's pretty impressive. You could see history you know, in the making this weekend. Can I just say that? I think it's, you know, I was having this, this thought about football and how I think it's important that we should only have, you know, a couple strong teams in a league because realistically, isn't that life? You know, we have really rich and then there's poor. And there's nothing really in between. So well, why yeah, are we no, There is no more middle class why anymore. Why the fuck are we teaching people that you can be a decent team or you can be you know remotely wealthy no you fucking can't yeah you're really rich or you're fucking nothing so, so shut the fuck up be the best. and yeah achieve to be what you're you know what you are and don't be content club, with fucking 10th place <laughs> that's it so next is Leverkusen and uh, uh, uh who we have Leverkusen versus Hamburg again yeah. this is we're, we're talking about I mean we're redeemable Qualities in a team, you know. I mean, they lost the worst team in the league. Let's see what they're going to do against Hamburg. Well, moving into the last topic of every week. Obviously, TFC is still shit, but always to make things even worse. This Gotta add some us, drama, eh? Yeah, of course. Which is typical, typical of uh, MLSC, but Tim Lewicki, our new person that's in charge of shit. Is that how you say that name? Yeah. He guarantees to turn around from. He said that TFC <laughs> is the easiest thing in all of MLS. He, like, forget the Leafs, forget the Raptors, forget whatever else we got. <laughs> yeah, Marley's, yeah. Marley's, He's like, the easiest. The too? No. Marathon does. <laughs> <laughs> he said the easiest team to turn around is Toronto FC. And he fucking quote last week said, we will make the playoffs. We'll you can write that. Playoffs. You can print that. We're going to turn TFC around, and we're going to make the playoffs next year. Next season, we're in the playoffs. And just has to make, yeah. Yeah, just has to make sure the upper management doesn't sleep with each other's wives. <laughs> or we have to beat New York Red Bulls, which was the last fucking team in the league, and we lost to them 4-0 just to make the playoffs. But we, just had to, we just had to win Remember one of them. I don't think I don't think you got the memo. Defoe only scores in cup matches. Is there any cups in the MLS? No. What happened to that What happened to that Forlan? Yeah, what the fuck happened? That's a yeah. I don't think Forlan was ever coming to Toronto. It was just like like a media person heard something, so they asked in a press conference, and you know Nelson was like, "Yeah, Forlan would be a great player," and then that translated into Toronto media, very much in the British media, fucking destroys it. Like, hey, Diego Forlan, you're coming to Toronto? It's like. Where, what's where's Toronto? Toronto? Yeah, what's, like, yeah they, they, they Toronto Star yeah. reported that. I mean, they reported well, they were reporting smoking crack. I mean, that's yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. Fuck. Well, that's that's something too. Is like uh, we see these these rumors the last week, and I've seen headlines a bunch of times where it's saying that Nelson confirms going after Jermaine Defoe. And you know, during the article, they talk about how like you know, so he sent M- them MLSC is going <laughs> to offer him seven point nine million dollars a year. But then you read the quotes of what's going on, and all that happens is like, hey, man, uh, you know, what about Jermaine Defoe? He's like, well, you know, we used to play together. I- I'd love to have him play in the MLS. He basically says, but it's not going to happen. You look at Timmy Wiki, okay, and he was, he was the guy that was in charge of L.A. when they brought in Beckham. But Beckham is this, you know, he is the center of the universe when it comes to any sort of marketing in football. And even Fergie, that's why he got rid of him at United, because he was... He claims that you know he was more interested in, in being a celebrity than being a football player. But you know, credit where credits due, Beckham was always a good football player. But he was also a very high statute celebrity person at the same time. And as much as I respect Jermaine Defoe, I think he's a good striker. I, I definitely, when he c- gets called up for England, I'm like, why is he there? But he's you know he's not that kind of player that Toronto needs. Toronto doesn't need a striker. 
If, if you want to fucking shake people's boots in front of them, get Meza Ozo. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, that's that's we, we have eighty-five million dollars. You, you need that's it. Like you, no, you, right. LS, you need a fucking midfielder to dictate. No, exactly. Having a poacher, that's something you ship. For. No, you need somebody to deliver the poacher the yeah. fucking balls. He would have fucking made Chad Barrett score goals. Yeah. Chad, yeah. Chad, Chad Barrett. Barrett. Oh, yeah. I remember <laughs> Chad. I remember Chad Barrett. You know what? Let's end this by saying one thing. Toronto has more publicity in British media recently between <laughs> Rob Ford <laughs> yeah. and. and you know, I think in our city's history, even when we were first oh, colonized sure. or whatever the fuck. So I wonder let's just celebrate the fucking good times for now. Happy yeah, Canada yeah, Day. Let the, the good times roll. <laughs> Happy Rock Day. I wonder if that's why uh, TMC's coming with statements. It's like, yo, fucking BBC's paying attention to us right now. Let's fucking say some shit. <laughs> Rob Bard. Responsible for a TFC. Rob Ford is going to get his Jermaine Defoe. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was episode six of Free Chat. Gus bounced already. <laughs> Anthony, Art, Jason, myself, Justin, and saying, Rob Ford, get us some crack. <laughs> same crack time, same crack channel. <laughs>